You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. There's absolutely no there's absolutely no downside to shifting the entire fucking Overton window uh, to the point where it fucking obliterates itself in the horizon. Matt. However, the grassroots matter. And it starts even below U.S. representative. It starts at your your county level, your city level, your village, township, whatever level. Mike, this is about Entitlement 101. This is about social media. And Kelly Stafford has a voice because her husband is a professional football player. And then she got all these followers. Otherwise, Kelly Stafford wouldn't really be someone who would get all this attention. And I almost hate the fact that we're talking about it. And Scott. I, I could imagine just a, a spot for one-on-one being like, these assholes think COVID's real. Here's a song by Ozzy Osbourne from 95. Yeah. Clinging of the ice cubes lets you know that we are live. It's the, is it safe show? Is it safe show? Is it safe podcast? Is it safe? Is it safe no? pod? Is it safe pod? Okay, great. Welcome in. It's episode four. I can't believe we made it this far already, guys. I'm one of your hosts. All four of us are hosts, right? Or do we want to have different titles? No, we're four hosts. Great. We're the four hosts. I'm Mike, Scott, Luke, Matt. We're all here. We're live. We're ready to rock. Uh, If you want to check us out, we made a big addition to our social media repertoire, which was basically not existed before this. So we have a Twitter page if you'd like to follow us at Is It Safe Pod. Just come on over and I don't know. At real real Is It Safe Pod or just no. No, 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 real. Oh, I suppose uh, somebody should probably update this, right? Someone yeah, should be actually gonna... updating the Twitter. All right, dude, dude we have like eighteen followers. Mike's growing the audience, man. I don't know who yeah. those. They're they're uh, seventeen of them are Russian bots, but <laughs> I actually uh, I dipped into my fantasy baseball realm for a few easy follows. So yeah, it's the same. I, thing. I did notice there was a I did notice there was a Roto fanatic icon up on the uh, screen before we well, started. I also have five other podcasts. Yeah, good branding. So I I got all five other podcasts to follow us, so that's five easy follows right off the bat. So I'm I'm going back and forth between profiles, like following, and I'm getting confused. What yeah. profile I'm on? It's silly, but anyway, I, so- I, I, I don't want easy follows. I want tough ones. Oh, hey, if you could get Dave Chappelle to follow us, that'd be sweet. Uh, I'm like a real gonna comedian. About, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle, real comedians. We're going to talk about student loans. We're going to talk about all kinds of crazy jazz. But first, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of sad here. I don't know. Maybe misty eyed Scott is the way to put it. You know, 89X is no more. Now, we're we're not necessarily a Detroit podcast, but we're all from Michigan. And 89X is something that we all basically grew up on. It's clearly past its prime it was an fm radio station that at its height was huge it had 89x what christmas what was the song yeah. like mm-hmm. well, you know we're, like, we're not a detroit podcast we're an international windsor detroit podcast okay we <laughs> yeah. span the river we're hitting both sides <laughs> that's right it, they were it was a 88.7 not commonly known as like a major station in most markets i would assume it was usually reserved for bozo public radio or some <laughs> shitty orchestral pit that you would just pass by on scan, but back yeah. in the day, <laughs> yeah, when I when, yeah. I, when I did college radio at uh, WCBN uh, eighty-eight point three FM Ann Arbor at the yeah, far, so at, yeah, at the far left of your dial. Yeah, was, I, did a, I did sports radio. I didn't do oh, like nice, DJs. Nice. Like, you you DJed? I well, I did like a three to six a.m. show. Oh, that's the best. Uh, Everybody's up late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Three to dude. six. Jesus. Those are the Who best shifts at college. That's the oh, best yeah. shift at college, man, because everybody's up and the good shit's playing. That's right. True. But yeah, 89X was just a little bit to the right of that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The sports radio club was so lame, by the way. It's so lame that it was a club. I signed up for it and like that, you know, in fall around the diagonal over there, they do like the club signups and you're walking around meeting all these clubs and I met the sports radio people and they couldn't have been any more lamer. So I'll yeah. go on the record with that right now. <laughs> it's, it's just lame because any, any club you join like before you know anything about it is going to be lame. Cause everybody has the exact same idea. Then you all get there and you're like, all right, who's got the cool fucking ideas? No, but this one's worse though, Luke, because every guy in there thought he was going to be the next guy. Cause you're in college and you're like, oh, I'm in the sports radio club, and I believe nothing, there's nothing better than ten guys wanting to fight for quarterback, dude. You know? Yeah, they're like they, you know. I will say this: I got to do one cool thing. I got to nobody heard it, but I got to uh, do a play-by-play of a live Michigan football game at you at the Big House. That was pretty cool. Oh. That was Michigan beat Minnesota's wow. ass. It was like 2000. Might have been Rich Rod's uh, first year, 2008, or maybe it was fall 2007. Lloyd's last year. I can't remember, but that was pretty cool. That was Lloyd, Lloyd Carr, Riverview, Michigan native. That's my hometown. A, uh, a pirate. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's pirate. Go Bucks! It's just him and uh, <laughs> the the dude that was the bachelor like really early on. That was in that band called Fat Amy. Bob 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 Guinea. <laughs> Bob Guinea, dude. He's actually a podcast guy, isn't he? He's an Italian. Who is it? <laughs> no, but I think he, I think he's got I think he's got like a decent size. I know about him through Drew and Mike, actually. Uh, you know, as we started this, it's funny though. We've we've gone all the way around. You know, eighty nine X. They rounded up. They rounded up to eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I rounded down one hundred one. The riff, baby. It kind it kind of remind you know it's a it's a dying uh, era era. Error, maybe also an error uh, of of uh, of Southeast Michigan media history. You know, it used to be a big radio market. You're right. And in the 90s, 89X was kind of a it was a cool station. There were two alternative stations. You had 96.3, the planet. Do you guys remember (laughs) the planet? Sure. I remember. Yeah. Kidding? Planet. But that was like lame. It was like borderline alternative. It was more kind of mainstream. Oh, they used to play our lady beast. They played Anna 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 had more of an edge for sure. Yeah, and Knox would play like shit like cop shoot cop and stuff you wouldn't hear anywhere. Like it was borderline, like whoa, look butthole surfers. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, shit yeah. like that. Helmet. I remember the first time I ever heard helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just gonna say fucking helmet. Yes. Oh my God. They did helmet. That. Helmet's the first band on your list. Man, I don't know. I, I remember <laughs> like uh yeah, going like going to sleep to that and like canadian exports it was a show that came out i believe at 10 p.m on oh yeah sunday night just breaking music left and right just busting artists onto the <laughs> onto the wire hearing that know. new tragically hip record that yeah new, I was just uh, gonna say, what are the what are the top three greatest canadian bands tragically hip sloan um oh, sloan's canadian well i'm, I'm just going i'm going for the ones that were on uh that were on uh, 89X. Oh, 89X. Another oh, one that Scott okay. shared in the text thread. Our Lady Peace. Another Canadian <laughs> Love Our Lady that. Peace. Love yeah. Our Lady Peace. I, I would throw in the Guess Who. I know they wouldn't be on 89X, but they're a great Canadian legendary band. So was, and, Leonard, uh, was Leonard Cohen on 89X? Because that's the only Canadian musician <laughs> I know. Yeah, he was. <laughs> He's literally the... Uh, him and him and uh, the uh, silver... What the, the fucking... 
uh, bare naked uh, daddies oh, yeah. or whatever the fuck they're called. Remember that song when we were at Central in '98? I had a million dollars. Was playing at every party in Fall '98. I fucking hated it. I have trauma. I'm gonna shout out the bare naked lady briefly though, because the song Brian Wilson. Yeah. Is a song about oh, that's a good song about an obese Brian Wilson out of his mind as an acid victim. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I like that. I like that's that. That's a song. great song. No, that I'm down with that, Matt. In fact, our good friend Steve Laskowski, friend of the show, uh, he would do a rendition of that at karaoke quite often, <laughs> a fine rendition, and uh, that would always give me fond memories of that song. But if I had a million dollars, sucked it, sucked the life out of you, and it also reminded me of the other a song by Ben Harper, uh, that was about getting high. <laughs> Burn one it down. Was probably in. Yeah, probably yes, in. I'll burn one down. God, those two songs that, ruined fall of '98. Those two songs in regular rotation. My first girlfriend. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Was Very it, first. Was that in regular rotation on '89X when you were dating no. first girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, was it? Was it? <laughs> yeah, man. Ninety seven. Ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. God. Memories. Do you think Creed was ever on 90 uh 80 on X? Do you think Creed was played uh, on 80? Absolutely. It, it probably was in later mm-hmm. years. It was more it was probably more of a riff. Played on probably more of a riff band, though. Yeah, that's what I would think. For yeah. sure of a for sure riff band, but they definitely played that shit on 89 X. And 96.3. They got plenty of play. No, you're right. They went mainstream. Uh, they went all the way to the top, baby. They but went mainstream. You, doesn't uh <laughs> and maybe this will get me in trouble here, but doesn't the riff how do you guys explain Detroit radio to people who don't live in Michigan? Have you ever tried to like do that? Like, cause like the riff to me is like the absolute essence of what, like being a kind of trashy Detroit person who I might not <laughs> like, but sometimes I might have some fun with could be, I don't know. It's really complicated. I don't do a very good job of doing it. Yeah. I think, I think the riff and then I don't even know what this is like now, but like 94, seven WCSX, that was like, that's like what my parents listened to, you know, it was oh, like yeah. classic rock. You'd have, yeah. you know, you know, at any given time, Seeger's on the radio in, in Detroit, you know, a treasure. A treasure. You, you just flip to that hairy voice, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I feel like uh, I even like the late early 90s stuff of his. Fuck. Yeah. I feel like 101 has, you know, kind of just like a, yeah, like some right wing like undertones, you know, like yeah, some that's... boot, some bootstrapping, just Macomb County for, for the international listeners that don't know. It's a red county in, in Michigan, just a real gritty kind of rural mentality. Like, you know, the, you know, and COVID's real. Here's a song by Ozzy Osbourne from 95. Yeah. You know, you know that coming home. <laughs> you know that scene in uh, Joe Dirt where he's like, "I'm a rocker." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, Husker do's, Husker don'ts. Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Whirling bungholes, personal favorite of mine. But I, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's strange. But 89X is done. You're right. And Matt, I think we should take a moment to. This is the, this is the end of our era. Of radio and radio was already dead, anyways. I think we're all agree on that. But the terrestrial radio world that we knew growing up is it's over now because now there's no connection to any. I don't have any connection to any station I could think of from my past. It's all been changed 
or I mean, the riff is still the riff, I guess, but I, I don't I never really had a strong connection to it other than the Drew and Mike show, I guess. Well, I'm predicting right here right now that radio will return. I actually think it's a great format. I had <laughs> wait, wait, is this a joke? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm we actually got into listening. This is a name from 89X, but Gnip. Remember this oh, name? Yeah. Gnip. Oh, yeah. Gnip. <laughs> Windsor's own. Was Windsor's he the British sounding guy? Uh, no, he so- he sounds like a nineties guy. He just yeah, sounds who's like the a British sounding dude. There was another guy and there was sounded British. Anyways, go ahead. Uh it wasn't Fat Matt, was it? That was another that was another <laughs> radio personality on EDN. Actually. Kelly Brown? No, it wasn't Kelly. Kelly yeah. Well, Ganip though, we were we kind of got it like Marianne and I. We on Saturday nights, man, he did flashback uh time warp, time warp on the river, and he just played fucking shit from the eighties <laughs> and nineties. It was awesome. <laughs> But Time I gotta say, listening—well, the river's now gone too. But yeah, listening to somebody, a person, pick music for you to listen to, I think is a great thing. Uh, as opposed to an algorithm deciding what you're gonna listen to next. I don't know if when I listen yeah, to their, their alg- but their algorithm is about ad dollars, so it's no—it's no different. It's almost worse. But because at its best, it wasn't. At its best, it was about breaking best, new stuff. I'm talking about, about the format in its yeah. best in its best possible it. incarnation. Yeah. I, I agree with you. That, but you're saying but that's how still could they return? How could they return to that yeah. without that, um, making that we, money? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, problem. Uh, how does media make money now? Uh, How's radio still relevant, or how can it be relevant again? Because you were kind of hinting at that. I think that was your point. Well, I think I think we're going to get to a a point where people are sick of things being uh, sort of derived for them based on past behaviors. I know we were texting a little bit about like Google searches at the end. Google searches are informed by what you searched for last time, which is you know that's the the essence of the algorithm. It's like using your past behavior to determine what you th- what it thinks you might want in the future. But like great radio, whether it's college radio or just a DJ who fucking knows his shit uh, and is hip to something that's really different. Uh, that to me, uh, I think is going to be resurgent in in the future. It's going to be, and then this is this is a word I'm loath to use, but like curation, selection, as, as you know, like. Like in uh, Jamaican uh, uh, music, the the idea of the selector, you know, the person who yeah. programs the sound system, that's what's going to be re- resurgent, I think, in the roaring 20s that we're entering, I think. <laughs> well, I think you might be looking at this in terms of failures of our current iteration of AI, given that none of the algorithms seem to really be totally on point just yet. I mean, think about how many billions of inputs there are every second now. I feel like in five years, I I would love to still have that sense of curation, but the reason that curator actually makes sense or the reason that curator actually seems better is not just the content, but it's the, uh, it's the actual gravity or the, the gravitas behind the, the recommendation itself. It's the same way you put, you know, your video recommendations up at a video store. You trust that <laughs> the guy behind the counter for whatever, for better or worse. Exactly. And same thing at the record the store. Discord. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
what was the guy's name that Elaine was uh <laughs> she was following and then she ended up being a he ended up being a teenager oh. he brings vodka over and he gets busted mom oh. <laughs> I can't remember Damn the it. people's names that oh that, that is such a good episode yeah it's great because Kramer loves like the other dude he's like oh I can't believe you like Greg's or whatever the fuck his name is or Jeff or some shit I don't know Anyways, uh, uh, it's it's a gene pick is the bad one. Gene, yeah, yeah. right. Gene, gene is gene is the guy that's like I'm Gene. Yeah, Kramer likes Gene, right? Yeah, yeah. Kramer Kramer goes with the trusty old Gene pick. Yeah, pick I can see brain. Elaine right now, like whispering to the door, saying the guy's name, like, uh, let's let me in. Hold right? hold uh, you know, I don't want to Google it. I don't want to get. Anyways, think about it. You think about it, but it's not Victor, is it? No, no uh, that's not right. But I'll tell you this: uh, You're radio close. might. I think radio is antiquated, though, because of what it is, where it is, uh, these powering. It doesn't have access. You like AM stations, depending on which one, like 1130 AM, which uh, do you guys know what's on 1130 right now? Do you guys know? Limbaugh, I don't know. 1130 AM or 1130 the channel. Yeah, like eleven thirty AM the channel AM eleven thirty. It used it to be know, like, it used to be like hard hitting deep sports talk, wasn't it? Yeah, it, w- it was known. It was created WDFN the fan as uh, Detroit's. I remember Mega Man in nineteen ninety four. That was one of the first shows ever. <laughs> and I li- my dad lived in Detroit, so I could listen to him. Because the point being is that fucking station has to power down after five thirty when the sun goes down. You can't fucking hear it over and like brighten it all. It's gone. It's like it might as well be in California. It's so weird. Wait, oh yeah, why? it was it was on the clear channel until five thirty, and then it had to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down. it's so is strange. This because of this, because of is it operated only on solar yeah. solar power no, from the nineties? Because of FCC <laughs> regulation. Yeah, FCC, FCC regulation. My uh, my dad was really into like AM radio when I was growing up, and he we used to like because we could hear like um, KMOX in St. Louis eleven twenty at night in Detroit. So certain stations had to power yeah. down according to FCC rules, depending on their wattage, and other stations. You could hear from many, many cities and states away, even though you couldn't hear DFN right in your own town. It's very weird. I don't know why, but I know that's how they do it. Yeah, and that was in, um, you ever seen that Bob Dylan, Martin Scorsese documentary, No Direction Home? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. Killer, killer movie. But uh, Dylan talks about, you know, up in the Iron Rage in Minnesota, like catching late at night shit on the clear channel from, all over the country, St. Louis, wherever it was, you know? Yeah, if you had a good transmission radio. Yeah, hearing that, hearing music from another world. Uh, Yeah, but Mike, like to your point, is it, is the technology, the technology may not be what survives, but the the idea behind it, like, I'm, I'm kind of in on gatekeepers. I want gatekeepers. I want people, I want discriminating people to show me awesome stuff. Yeah, well, that's why um, you listen to certain people's podcasts, or like you have people that you listen to their playlists that they create for you on Spotify. That's exactly right. That's why podcasts are popular. This is literally the argument for the. This is the argument for the uh, vouchsafing of all hipsters, is they bring us good music and good movies, and I don't give a shit about any of the hipster bullshit that they do. Keep bringing in the good stuff. Keep net positive. Around. Dig, yeah, they're net positive. They're digging through a bunch of they're digging through a bunch of old ass dusty record bins and shit, and they <laughs> come out with the fucking greatest stuff you could ever imagine. I, and if it wasn't for hipsters, I feel like we definitely wouldn't have uh, record players uh, just everywhere. We wouldn't have people going back into vinyl. We wouldn't have uh, a lot of the Criterion Collection shit. 
Ooh. that that proliferated you know i mean they they're a, a consumer base that is so unique because they are doing a, a dual purpose they are curating and purchasing they have purchase power and they have the ability to discern because they're typically educated <laughs> by the way uh i didn't finish my point uh scott it's a uh, 11 30 now i don't even know how to say this it's a uh, black news it's strictly if black like african-american news oh it's only uh, news for black people so you should turn the radio off if you hear it well no you can you're not, listen. You're not I, allowed to you're not allowed to listen to it it's it's just it's, i just blew. dude it's for the african-american community here no, in Detroit. it's powered it's like it's created like I don't know. It's really odd. To me. I, I just never heard of it before. It's like Luke, you've just outed Mike to our audience that he is not, in fact, a black man. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry, fuck. Mike. God damn it, Luke. I know you've been really you've Doxed. been uh, Yeah, you've been keeping that. Fuck. Yes. Yeah, keeping right, that fine. persona going for so long. Anyways, I, all right. I had never heard of this stuff, so this that's what DFN is now, and actually kind of interesting. Uh, the things they come up with and the tidbits are. It's not mainstream news. It's like a different news access point. It's kind of cool. So I sometimes listen to it when. Uh, the sun's still shining. We're gonna uh, have to listen to that channel. We're gonna have to listen to that channel and then revisit this at yeah, some point would, when we know what the hell you're please, talking about. Yeah, please, everybody, just check out 11:30 a.m. over the next week. Let me know what you're hearing out there. Uh, I but, might mute this and just start listening to it here. <laughs> well, you can't fucking hear it right now because it's 8:30 at night. Oh, However, right. No, if they have no, an no. online stream. You could be listening to it. It's so. only on at 11:30. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, so, anyways, any on X, rest in peace. Uh, right, it's P. over. Radio, yeah, you know. Kristen did say there's a new alternative station, 98.7. I don't know if that's what? new. What 98.7? Oh shit, I can't even keep track. She it. said she said it changed. Uh, so 89X. It wasn't formerly no uh, smooth jazz. It was 98.7. It was definitely something. I used to, I I used to know that station for some reason. 98.7. But yeah, well, apparently 98.7 is now the new alternative station. It was the wheels. Now the wheels is 106.7. It's back. You know, everything goes in circles and radio. You know, I know you speak, Matt, you mentioned the Drew and Mike show and they were saying like how, why doesn't Joe Rogan go? Why did someone give him a ton of money to come to radio? But it kind of makes sense to maybe try that offer. But then you're going into the trap of the FCC regulations, which prevent freedom of speech. And people, I think people want their unfiltered talk more than ever. Yes. And I think that's only going to progress Absolutely. further and further. And that's why certain people are just like, why would I ever go back to restrictions when I can just live freely? This is this is exactly yeah. right. And this is exactly why the radio is is can, it has a limit, has a ceiling, cannot get past it. And the more people are... The more people get used to things like HBO content compared like Kirby enthusiasm versus Seinfeld, the more they're going to want just like you want to hear you want to hear fuck. What does Larry David say? Throw in a fuck, you double your laughs. <laughs> that's what people want. And it's it is true. And that's only going to get more true. I mean, I, I know that there is going to be some form of like just fucking rubber band on our uh, cultural expansion here at some point, And we're all going to go back to some form of weird Victorian era. But you know, the, the eighties at this point are in the rear view <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, but like we talked about last week, blockbuster would edit their, would edit movies made by people like Michael Mann <laughs> and people like Quentin Tarantino because tiny, tiny, tiny religious groups would complain about, content that they didn't like so as long as that is is part of the fcc and if the fcc is going to continue to legislate against or regulate 
what do you call it? Like moral hazard. It's just, it's not going to be a preferable medium to anything else. I mean, just, I don't know, unless, unless uh, things like XM radio and all that don't, don't make it more widely available for cheaper prices. People are still going to, I mean, that would be the only way I think that they stick with radio, but radio needs to be of less fucking commercials. It needs to be less uh, commoditized and it needs to be less regulated. Well, the answer to less commercials is charging a subscription fee. I mean, that's what Sirius is. Howard Stern doesn't read commercials anymore. That's true. But what do you do about the actual, like the regular radio? Well, I think I think I think the regular radio will become public domain. Kind of like it has now. Like and by that I mean like for public access for local shit. Um it's yeah, it's hard to that. say. Uh you know, you've got you've got local bands now. If anyone who's ever lived in uh you know, uh Midtown Detroit or Cass Corridor or whatever you want to call it uh knows and who's played in a band if you if you try to uh plug your amp in you're gonna get like the wdt radio signal on your playing (laughs) guitar while you're there's a huge there's a huge antenna there uh but i think i think local broadcast will probably be it until like the great electromagnetic pulse you know is that why all bands sound like foghead immediately Foghead, that's a great fucking name. Well, hey, Foghead you know, rules. It's a great name. It's a it great, is a great fucking name. name. Yeah. I'm gonna miss you, ADNX. We're gonna miss you, Terrestrial Radio. You're dead in the water. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, fuck oh, you, radio. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, I'm gonna go play some Creed. I'm out of here. All right, so we're listening to. Uh, you're listening. Not we're. Well, actually, we are listening while we are not speaking. This is the Is It Safe podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Is It Safe Pod? Isn't that fun? Send us a tweet. Uh, they have stories on Twitter now. It's a big deal, guys. I don't know. Not all of you are social media savvy, but Twitter, uh, five years too late, added stories to their <laughs> repertoire yep. now, which is so dumb. Finally there. Right, Luke? How, I mean, Luke, you're kind of more of an expert in this area. How, wh- why? What? They, oh, it's, the- it, you know, it's just uh, getting in on the getting on the big cheese, man. They Everybody else <laughs> is doing it. You got to do it. Uh, Twitter, Twitter's known. Twitter's known for it's a it's a platform for sharing material. So it's it's not it's not similar to the way other people other people people don't dig into Twitter the same way they do on like a Facebook. So Twitter's trying to encourage that type of behavior. How can we get people to stop and watch something and not just like continuously bounce content? Well, the long history of Twitter is we had an original idea. (laughs) <laughs> micro blogging and then we're just going to try to become like every other social network so you know they got rid of the star this is where twitter kind of pissed me off they got rid of the star remember the star for favoriting tweets and they changed it to a heart oh yeah oh. which pissed yeah. me off yeah because it's um, ridiculous it makes it seem like there's a lot more involved in it you know it yeah and, and then and now, and now they're adding stories, so they're just basically cannibalizing pieces of. And then, oh, they of course also lengthen the length of a tweet. Uh, yep, oh, they know, did that all like these two years ago. And uh, you know they've uh, empowered would-be autocrats along the way too. But, oh man, I love autocrats; yeah. they're awesome. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> auto- autocrats did not need Twitter to fucking empower themselves. So, 
Oh, well, I'll tell you this. If you've been oh, on this Twitter is true. recently. No, I agree. I've, I'm just of saying. Of course I've been on Twitter. Oh, well, then you've probably seen this article on student loans. Uh, there's some oh, big information. Up. I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. I was on Twitter and I happened to see this article on Slate. It was about mass student loan forgiveness. And I got to tell you, this is Biden's easy way out to please everyone. This is what the article basically says. Like, hey, this is something that he could do unilaterally without congressional approval. And he can please yeah. people on both sides, people of all different types of backgrounds for our nearly what almost yeah. uh it's like over a trillion dollars one maybe like a million and a half it's 1.6 1. 1. trillion dollars yeah it's roughly 1.6 trillion dollars over four million people that have this kind of debt and yeah this is this is interesting that you saw it on slate uh being circulated via twitter unless you just made that up but that was that. yeah that that was part of the american prospect uh day one agenda which is like an incredible it's an incredible uh feat of journalism to bring together all these all these different 277 different um you know things that joe biden could do on day one with uh, unilateral authority not having to get involved with congress but you know i have no i have no faith any of this would happen uh big part of it is that you know biden is he's already signaling that he needs to work with Congress. He needs to work with Republicans. And there's always going to be some form of, you know, logjam when it comes to trying to get through legislation. But he does not need any of them to actually do these things under certain uh, executive authorities. Well, it's not are, fair, dude. It's not fair to people yeah. who've already paid their loans. It's yeah. Not fair. <laughs> okay. So this is this is this is why I suggested this. I think. I think one of the reasons it's so hard to like have a conversation about student loans in general is I think the people that are most most invested in the in the quagmire and and most have probably have the most amount of like intimate details about what their experience is like are you know partially you know embarrassed by even having the student loan debt. I think it makes it difficult to have a really like open and honest conversation because it's difficult to be in that in a room talking to anybody where one person doesn't just kind of automatically think that, well, that was your fault. That was your choice. And I think we've been so thoroughly indoctrinated uh, throughout the, throughout our childhood, grade school and all that to believe that, you know, we have 100% responsibility in everything that we do. And I'm not saying that that's incorrect. I'm just saying it makes it very difficult to even start a conversation, even two guys who like have student loan debt wanting to talk about it to each other, it's almost too embarrassing or humiliating. So you just, you, you know, you, you can only keep the conversation going for so long. Yeah, that's that's been my experience is that I can start talking about it. But then I start getting embarrassed by the fact that I even have it. And I'm like, why wasn't I smart enough to not take out fucking student loans to begin with? So I think that's just a big part of like, opening up the the conversation at all and i think that's a big part of why it's taken so long for any of any student loan uh discourse to be happening in major media i really do i think people are just afraid to fucking talk about it so they don't everybody puts their heads down and they keep paying their bills but the more it's like every bill you pay the the further underwater you get it's starting to just uh, reveal itself as being, uh, you know, just a result of 
exploitation over you know the last 30 years uh deregulated banking markets for you know loans for fucking education where people are 18 years old they have no promised employment <laughs> they have they have no guaranteed employment they have no guaranteed paycheck they have no guarantee or promise whatsoever that they can actually pay anything other than their their promise uh their signed consent on a promissory note which says yeah okay i promise to pay this uh what if you don't get a job i mean it's just it's insane that the banks in this case are the is the only entity in the history of like american capitalism that does not need to absorb any risk whatsoever that's all i gotta say for now that's it that's my intro (laughs) well i actually so the way i've dealt with it and i have and i i talk about it because i've found the only way that i can deal with it and it's it's subconscious i just don't even consider that it's real i don't give my (laughs) yes I don't That's give my exactly how you're supposed to do it. I don't give my student loan debt any oxygen. I don't give it life. <laughs> I don't think about it. I don't consider it. And I quite frankly don't think it's real. Uh, I mean, I know that it's real, like, you know, intellectually, I know that it's a thing. I'm not saying it's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's fake. I see the forty five thousand dollars that i owe michigan state but i've had i've tried having this conversations with navient and oh (laughs) they just shut us down somebody is fucking listening well got shut down you know, I also owe. Hey Scott, let's see. We're let's see if we can. Get I, it's funny. He, he mentioned he mentioned the uh, institution. The second the institution. he mentioned Navient, yeah. The second Navient. Period. You froze on. When did I cut out? On uh, owing Navient, Navient forty five thousand. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah. you Fuck brought you up Navient, Navient. <laughs> I you send me oh, a yeah. bill, and I okay. and I don't I don't take it seriously. And this is like so. This kind of actually it almost to me ties into social media. I am woefully quote unquote out of touch with what you know with even eighty nine. You got the touch. We, you got the power. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't have, I don't, I've consciously decided to not have the like constant stream of information going. And I've got it. It's the same plot on Twitter, guys. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, so, anyways, I'm, I'm missing that. But just like happenings on social media or figures on social media, if you don't, if you don't follow them, if you don't, yeah, like I said, give them oxygen. It's not that if my student if a loan tree falls in the forest. And no one is yeah. there to hear it. Well, it, it actually does make a sound, but no one's there to hear it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my student loans, its I'm just in a constant cycle. It's become almost a joke. So Navian calls me every whatever, 90 <laughs> days. And they're like, you owe us, you, you know, you have a student loan debt of 40, I'm 45K deep. I graduated state with 20 three thousand dollars worth of student loan debt 
15 years ago and I paid and I paid and I paid the monthly payment and I paid. And then there was a moment where I couldn't pay. So I deferred. Then I got an income based repayment. Then I paid a little bit more and then whatever. So all in all, I started with $23,000 worth of student loan debt paid. What's probably about seven. And today I have 45. So you wonder why people it's like, yeah, well, good. Yeah, good job. I, getting, good job paying paying into that capitalized interest. That's nice. Yeah, right. And so it makes you feel I would, good. I'd rather have that seven thousand dollars back to buy booze and records and utilities, like so. Let me groceries. Yeah, sure. Or, 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 haven, dude. Or, so or, it's just or take, it, or take that seven k. No, or you could have taken that seven thousand dollars. You could have uh, gone. Uh, further and further into default on your student loans. It would have had to come after you through court or whatever, but you could have taken that, that cash no, and you could no. have invested it. You could no. actually do that. You could have. Oh, bullshit. No, you All right. So, so oh, hold on, hold on. All right. You don't so have to go getting, into default is my point. doesn't matter. Getting off topic. You don't necessarily have to go into default, I guess. No, you just have to, de- you just have to defer until the end of time. But you, yeah, eventually they will cut you off and. No, they won't. Okay. So here's, here's why, <laughs> here's why this came up. This is uh, one one main reason this came up is that, you know, I think this ties into something that we talked about. Actually, we've talked about uh, in every episode, which is, you know, what are the differences between like uh, leftist, uh, progressive left or whatever? I, I think the same it's the same kind of amount of degrees between you know, like a leftist and a progressive versus progressive and like a Democrat. I, I think Democrats and Republicans are centrist or right wing. And I think the difference, though, for like a progressive and the leftist in this case is like a leftist says uh, this should get better and it should be better. And here's how it should be. And a progressive is more likely to accept some of the terms of the game that is already being played. Uh, some of the rules or the at least the context and what we have what's been unearthed lately actually as part of uh, just mainstream media discourse is the fact that this is a very real power that the president actually has and so then where is the argument to not do it why wouldn't Joe Biden cancel all student debt? In my personal theory, and you guys can argue with me, as uh, you can go 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 to town on me on this one. But my personal theory is that uh, deep down, uh, it is about the Protestant ethic, and it is about the Protestant work ethic, and it is about punitive. Uh, it's about punishment. You're talking about the only the second ever Catholic president. Sir, <laughs> uh, yeah. no, but, but I, I, there, there is. I don't know what, he, what is the downside? Living. What what part of the economy suffers if it's not the bad. government you know. pays off education loans? Nothing. Not a I, single. Not a single entity suffers on the other side because they all get paid. Now there might be people out of the job when it comes to processing loans and and torturing people through collection agencies yeah. but they don't that doesn't matter they'll get different jobs because they're all basically yeah. dust jockeys anyways the, the financialization of the economy is the one of the hugest problems we face absolutely and I'll, just say, right. I'll, I'll just say this about 
why you won't wouldn't do it. This is kind of the this was in that slate article, but basically, okay, so you can erase student loan debt, but if you don't if you do that without replacing uh the system for how people pay for college or how college is paid for you're really not doing anything you're 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 wiping it away only to just like create the problem again no it's single it's single payer just like medicare for all the the government steps in and is the sole provider of all education loans and it is paid for through progressive taxation which which you know in the end would make everybody's life better given even even if you had not gone to college those those scary neighborhoods that you're afraid to go to uh they're not scary anymore because there's free fucking school and yeah. hopefully if we have free fucking school we also have free fucking education well if you had so if you then had we system. don't have terrifying neighborhoods where you know so now all these right-wing talking points start to go away because all the complaints they've got no longer have any weight they got no gravity whatsoever well i'm, I'm gonna I'm going to leave the neighborhoods thing alone because I think that issue is way further back in the schooling system than college. But I'll it's say deeper. This about, it's deeper. You're right. It is deeper. But no debate there. But yeah, no I'll question. say I'll say if if college were affordable, and I'm not going to even assign a value to that. But like you know the the uh, baby boomer Steve meme of the guy who like <laughs> who actually could the idea that you could work your way through college. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like in a European system, you know, Europe. Oh, I worked my way through college, no problem. That's right. I bartended, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I did Euro- a little bartending here and there. You know, Europeans, uh, they pay tuition, and they, you know, they're still paying for something. And I, I don't, I'm not necessarily opposed to that, um, but I think the problem is, is that college is so overinflated, the cost of college, and. Like you were saying, Luke, you're getting sold a bill of goods. It's predatory. You sign well, up for it because that, you're told. It, the excesses in those costs coincide with the protections afforded by the federal government for things like private student loans. So yeah. when when they afforded those protections to private banks, you notice that there is a direct correlation in 2003, 2004, uh, when those, co- those tuition costs just start to exponentially explode. It's because they... They had. They no longer have those risks on their books. So, so imagine a world where college is affordable, whatever dollar amount you want to assign to that, and the government. Well, whatever you, taxes I would pay up until I was, uh, you know, eighty-five years old. Well, the government gives you a loan which is forgivable after a certain amount of po- of time. So, like, it pay the government. You you borrow money from the government to pay your tuition. And then after a certain amount of good faith payments, you're done. And mm-hmm. it's it's not really like Scott's position where you, he's got double what he started out with. That's just incredibly unjust. There's no that's just rent seeking financial shit. It's yeah. terrible. You should see mine right now. Right now, I, I owe uh, sixty five uh, maybe I actually probably closer to seventy thousand in student debt. Right. Mm. And I'm in I'm in a holiday right now holiday. because <laughs> so I'm 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 in I'm I'm benefiting from this financial crisis right now. Congratulations! Because because I uh, do not have to. I'm in I'm in an economic forbearance because of the uh, whatever the act was by the because I have federally 
I don't have private loans. I have federal, yeah, right. I have this is an important loans. distinction. I think we should be talking about federal loans, not private loans. Well, we can talk about we can about talk about government both because they're both crises. They're both crises. Right? They're, they're, they're both crises, but that is Biden's only only right, but it's, quote unquote pledge, which I don't need. That's not even. It's a government pledge. Thing. The pledge is a semantic difference between promise, right? And promise private loans really, are a different really story. They are now, but, if there's you, not, but they're only eight percent. They're only eight percent of the total right, you uh, make a decision loan burden to in this country. Eight percent is private. Eight yeah. percent of the entire student loan burden in this country is is private loans from yeah. private banking institutions that have that also have the uh, protections of the uh, lending arm of the federal government, which is something that Biden pushed through in the uh, you know bankruptcy act. What protections in, is that? What protections? So they have they so at at some point uh, people could not file chapter. Seven oh, or chapter thirteen oh, bankruptcy, bankruptcy in order okay. in order to in order to uh, alleviate uh -huh. themselves of right uh, student loan debt specifically that type of debt, but that was a a like protection that was already granted to the federal government. You couldn't get out of that with the federal government, and then they extended that to cover private banks. Uh, and that happened in the Bush years, and that was uh, that was championed by by Biden. Which Bush years, two thousand three, two thousand four, second Bush years. Okay, cool. I'll yeah, the sec that. yeah, second second Bush. Can you tell that I'm just like Scott by the lack of Little participation in this conversation? Because yeah, Scott, I've been following <laughs> the same plan my entire life. I don't. I know we're on a podcast, so they could finally hear this, but they already know the truth. I've, I, I've well, never, for me, I've, you, you know, I I, 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 I want to one up you. I just want to one up you because I've never. <laughs> paid a well, red cent. I've never I hear all this I hear really? all this shit never. you know about never. there's all Good all man. this all this talk about income based repayment and that all that that sounds really nice. My income is I'm unemployed or my income is 28 or 35. But mm -hmm. there's no elasticity. There's no negotiation like Let's talk about what could happen if we created some more jobs and had people actually calling people like me that say, hey, we see that you have X amount of student loan debt and you make X amount or you're unemployed or whatever. I always liked the idea of a once a year Let's renegotiate our student loans conversation. This is the conversation I've always tried to have. It's like, yeah, listen, I, you're not, I'm not paying you $375 a month, but yeah. what I will, I, I've, I've had this conversation with Navient multiple times. I told them I will pay you. I, you can auto, you can auto deduct 100 us dollars out of my bank account every first of the month until the day i die they don't want to they don't have that conversation yeah. it's yep. just nope we would rather just put you in an income bit we'd rather yeah, put this, you in deferment this, yeah this we would rather put you like in a, a forbearance <laughs> i have told them i will sign with blood on the dotted line to give you like 9250 a month until i and a, pound, <laughs> and a pound of flesh this should right. be, it yeah this should be like a garment market in venice it I'll never do it. matters. It doesn't matter I'll, if it's student loans or uh, you know, uh, what are they called? But but that would be that would be you know, I need a that would actually cover. be the, the free market. That would actually be a free fucking market. The right. thing is predatory lenders they, are involved with these same people. Yeah, that's totally true. And they're 
they're the roadblocks they put up, the things that they use to stop you are first of all, they're simple fucking talking points for a poor little bastard that's like on the on the call with you that unfortunately has zero fucking power. Not unfortunately for any, like, unfortunately for him, he's got zero fucking power because he'd probably love to cut a fucking deal. I would mm-hmm. love to see that just unfettered fucking free market, just clerks, uh, clerks at front counters, like going like, all right, what do you mean? Okay. Yeah. You said these pants don't fit. These pants don't fit. Let me give you up to, I'll give you a couple pairs of pants. Just there should be a student loan pants. debt market. There should yeah. be. An exchange well, where you yeah. can buy no, no, and sell no, it? No, no, hold on, hold well, that, on. That's exactly on, why. That's exactly on. why they won't agree to a repayment ah, plan because yeah, they can re, they can sell your debt. Yeah, it's like that's the same thing would happen. That's the same thing that happened with mortgages. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and so that is the that is the problem. That is exactly why I brought this up because what is the argument for Joe Biden not doing it? Like I want to hear. I want to hear it convincing. Out I want to hear one. I want to hear convincing moral argument for why we should not do it. Not just a moral argument. I want to hear a normative point of view. What the, the, should we do? And is there any fucking way in which you should, anybody should suggest that we should continue to punish people for decisions they made when they were fucking 18 years old? And even then, at that point, even if you take the ones that are privileged enough to have totally known that this was going to blow up in their face, uh, let's assume they're rich people for some reason, even though we know that fucking rich people do not fucking let their kids take out fucking student loan debt. Is there any fucking argument for saying people should have to pay it back? I would love to know what that argument is, because there's nothing that I can find to hold fucking water. Yeah, the argument is that you, you signed legal documents to. That's not an to, argument, but yes, but thank you for trying. Anybody can go to college. Like, <laughs> anybody can go to college I, at any given time. But John John Scott's right. That is the argument. That is it's, that's it's, the extent of it. That's it. And the that's where it ends. It's, bi- that point. it's binary. This repayment is it's, it's a moral. A, it's, it's a, a binary. Legal moral it's being point. treated like it's a binary issue. When really it's it's just ma- it's just massive shades of gray. Why not just look? I have my student loan, you know, customer service rep, and they're like, "You graduated college and had twenty three thousand dollars worth of student debt. You think we could get fourteen from you over twenty five <laughs> right. years? Yeah. If they, if they're like, oh, us- why not just the amount lent? Why not just the amount lent? Yeah. No, interest. you know. Interest yeah. is is the huge problem to me. Yeah. So here's the same here's, as rent. Rent rent is the same has the same exact fucking problems as interest. Like they are they're they're just devices to exploit additional capital out of out of people who have no other options. Well, did you did you ever read that book um, Evicted by Matthew yeah, Desmond? I did. Uh, what I found interesting about that book is the landlord. Uh, one of the landlord characters herself is leveraged mm-hmm. and over leveraged, mm-hmm. you know? So, but the, I, that's exactly, the, the, that's the, exactly land, the small time right. landlord, I want to, I want to be, I want to be careful, careful about lumping in the small time sure. landlord. Who's got some people who, they, you know, they've got mortgages that they've got to pay. But when we're talking um, about rent, like from, you know, like medieval rent, like rent as a concept, like the way that works, that is is it a device it's a it's an economic device for extraction of wealth and that extraction only goes from the the bottom to the top 
now, yes, we do. We now live in a complicated enough economic environment where we do have uh, small town landlords. And I, I don't think I'd probably hate on somebody who, you know, just owned a house. Like, hey, we, we had a landlord, right? Didn't we, Mike? Remember her, Lori? She was a she was a small small time landlord. Um, she's fucking she horrible person, but uh, she was horrible. okay at times. And she was a regular lady. <laughs> she was a regular lady, but she was horrible when it came to the rent. And that's exactly why that like rent process is such a uh, like a aggravating uh, relationship. Is that you know the second it comes into question, it it turns people into uh, you know it, it just resolves them into the function that they serve which is yeah. they're collecting rent from you they're not your friends they're you know they're not your neighbors doesn't matter at that point they're rent collectors but there's more rich people that have student loans than poor people if you start to add uh, the no, numbers oh, okay. technically, Hold on. Hold technically. On. okay yeah this is this is also incorrect. There, How there are you are, defining a rich person? Are you defining yeah, a rich there, person? There are no yeah, that people, are, people that can That's afford education. People that can afford education. Graduate degrees, private for. colleges. People that can afford education pay for it. None of their kids take out fucking student loans if the parents can pay for it. That is, there might be some gray area there, but when you hear this bullshit from like fucking Pete Buttigieg and people like that, that Oh, we don't want to give. We don't get a free ride to all these billionaires' kids. Those are you fuck. Those kids don't have fucking student loans. Are you nuts? There is no billionaire's child that has a student loan. What kind of a fucking psycho billionaire is that? First of all, they own the fucking school probably anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But well, I think you're making a lot of assumptions, though. I mean, they do. Are you telling me that it is an assumption that people like? The they do. Those people exist. Not country, every person like millionaires and millionaires in this country uh, force their kids to take out fucking student loan debt. Are you telling me that I'm assuming no. that I'm that's saying there's that's people in between there? Assumption. You could be rich and make six figures. So are you? What? This the, is what the are you courted. talking about? I'm talking about you student loans. You could be loans. rich and make six figures. That's what I'm saying. So you yeah, know, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. If you make six hundred thousand dollars a year, you're rich. You can be rich and make six figures. Yeah, of course you can make. And six if you have figures, five you can kids, make seven if, figures, you can make eight yeah, figures. If you, you make four hundred thousand dollars a year, you can be rich and make as many figures as are available. right, and that's how it is. You can make as many figures as are available if you're rich. That that doesn't make any sense. What I'm trying to say is that. There is literally okay. I would love to see fucking data on this, but this would this would just literally be fucking uh, millionaires torturing their kids to show a sense of uh, show a sense of like fealty or fucking um, like responsibility or discipline. You know, the same way that like the guy that like runs the the fucking cul-de-sac in your neighborhood makes their kid work at fucking Cinnabon. They just do that because they think it's going to instill some form of, you know, decent, uh, you know, moral work ethic in their children. There is no there is no uh, like terror behind not paying that fucking loan. So even if they do take that fucking loan out, their parents can fully afford to fucking pay that off. That's the distinction I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to say, like, yes, those might be. That might be a fucking sizable chunk of the graduate loan debt out there, 
but those are loans that are easily payable and are just not being paid for some fucking dumb reason. Because those people can fucking afford it. People that go to fucking Michigan, uh, University of Michigan uh, Law School, fucking University of Michigan, by the way, let's remember, has the best paid, uh, the most wealthy student body in the country. That's over Harvard, Yale, Princeton, uh, UCLA, uh, UC Berkeley. It's higher than any other college in the whole fucking country. University of Michigan. Meaning they're they come from the highest income. So yes, or, meaning meaning their families hold HHI. the most. Money. Exactly, HHI household income. Cool but household income from the parents. Uh, I see. Your because when you're 18, this, you have no money. You have a lot of interest in this topic, Luke. It's fascinating. No, well, here here's what I'm trying to. Get All right, wait, is that, does that include undergraduates it. and graduate students, or graduates, or like what? That's I'm curious question. what that. Yeah, uh, it was the entirety of the university last time I checked. Uh, I'll check it again. I'll verify those numbers. But here's what I say every single day when I, I go to work. Uh, I say, that's a really great point. I will look into it and I will send you a follow up email. <laughs> I do do that all the time. That's a let great me, way to respond. Allow me to do another quick rant. <clears throat> another one. OK. Yeah. And you guys can stop me whenever you want. But I I been thinking about think this a lot it's it's a tough one actually you know what Here, pause pause in the uh in the show you guys go right ahead anybody has anything to say i just go ahead luke all right so you know this is okay so we, we've been talking about this a lot so biden all right what is biden gonna do blah 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 it's, right at this point it's all total fucking speculation and also it's very similar to what it felt like two months ago trying to figure out okay what is a biden administration gonna look like what's his cabinet gonna look like et cetera, et cetera. we don't actually have any raw data and he does quote unquote move with the wind or whatever blow with the wind but he's um, he's a complete fucking uh, so <clears throat> so th- there's like always a sense that like a leftist you know expects too much we go too far we're too silly we're too unrealistic okay as we know Biden student loan plan cancels ten thousand dollars on private or non federal student loans fucking whatever <laughs> that's not going to do anything except uh, basically bail out ten thousand dollars per. Uh, per debtor on every single private loan uh, across the board for all private banks. So private banks are now going to be able to at least collect on $10,000 worth of the debt that they were never going to get probably for most of their distressed borrowers. So that that's fine. It's, it's basically, it is a, it's basically a bailout. It's basically a giveaway. And you can argue about that if you want, but it, it, that's essentially how that like works out. And, uh, you know, the fundamental difference is like, uh, I, I, I really do think we should be angry about the fact that like political representation is just not, uh, it's not a reality in our, in our, uh, in our actual like political context. Like the majority of people actually support very progressive, very progressive, uh, policies. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that really bothers me is like, 
Okay, so you can talk about you know progressive policies being supported by you know seventy percent, eighty percent of the uh, Democratic base, and Joe Biden not supporting any of those policies at all. Um, for I, I don't know what fucking reason other than to appeal to fucking Republicans uh, because maybe it's that he's always been a Republican and he ran as a Democrat when he was super young, but he's not done anything that fucking progressive ever in his fucking entire political career. The Violence now, Against Women's Act? Hold on, hold on. That's <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. That's fucking st- how it's how just an example of ignorance. one progressive fucking, thing. That's just an example of one progressive that is thing. Not, is that if if that's fucking progressive, then we live in a fucking dumpster fire. And that's basically been my fire, that's dude. basically been my fucking argument, but that is not progressive. The fact in the that early 1990s the, the when idea, that was passed, the idea was that you would define, but the idea that you would define progressive based on current positions in the Cong- in Congress or in in the general like American zeitgeist is what I'm talking about. I think this is the difference between like what a leftist would be and what a progressive would be because a leftist says this is fucking stupid and it should have been done immediately and a long time ago. I'm not giving you any fucking credit for doing that now. And somebody who says this is a great thing that somebody did way past the goddamn fucking so, so we don't uh, we don't give the, cre- the line of fucking acceptability let me let me butt in here so we <laughs> don't give credit for passing the civil <laughs> yes, rights act. the civil rights act of 1964 is not a progressive piece of legislation because it should have been done since time immemorial absolutely right yes so it, it well is, that's that's absolutely insane because if you think about where we insane. were it's not insane what is progress what is progress progress is measured by where you were at a point in time and where you go thereafter. So you have to look at the starting point and you have to look at where the ending point is and progress is measured by the difference between the two. Ah, yes, this is exactly the thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. You're, I, I'm, we're in agreement actually here. You're saying that progress is measured based on like where you are and where the goalposts are. You know, essentially everywhere you go and the goalposts I think are probably defined in... Uh, for a progressive uh, or pragmatist or whatever, I think the goalposts are defined by what is what is perceived as being politically possible. And that is that is absolute malarkey. No more malarkey. <laughs> it's not it's total malarkey. But you're right. It, OK, so, yeah. The Civil Rights Act. Do you realize how many years it took for that to be ratified by all the states? <laughs> I think I think there's still one state that still hasn't ratified it. I, I'm not. Well, uh, I can't remember act for of, sure, uh, but I I'm, mean, I'm it's talking about a, an act of Congress, not a constitutional amendment, not the Civil Rights Amendment. I'm talking about the Civil mm. Rights Act of 1964, yeah, which took real politics to pass. It took Lyndon Johnson getting the Dixiecrats to pass a piece of civil rights legislation, yeah, that actually realized the right to vote for black Americans in this country. And yes, is it, did it put us at the ideal state of American democracy? No, but it moved us toward an ideal state. It moved us in the direction. It's, it's the, uh, the Gaussian, um, you know, half step towards the wall is it, well, you'll never reach the wall. <laughs> you'll never get to the fucking wall. Yeah. You'll never get there, but you're going to move towards it. I feel like that was um, Diogenes. Wasn't that Diogenes? It might have been. Initially? I don't know. I, yeah. Well, it was Diogenes initially. I think somebody probably refined it. Guys, I'm not kidding. There's somebody in my class. Her last name is Stufflebean. 
serious. All right, all right. I'm not fucking kidding. That Stop person, what the that person this needs makes to become a philosopher so we can talk about those stuff will be the end. This, this means, uh, uh, that means nothing. But, but Matt, but what you're saying, what Matt is saying is, is totally fucking correct. And it is, it is absolutely, I think, at the heart of the distinction between what a politics of possibility and a politics of just normal uh decency is i think that that is the the crux of the difference is the idea that someone like me would say and i'm playing devil's advocate a little bit because yeah like i get it i've got you know completely understand but the idea that okay this is what should be this is like where we should go this is as far as we should go and we should do it fucking now that's what i'm thinking the, but, the over 10 window moves I know uh, prog- uh, moves practical policy to the direction, either right or left, of it where goes it goes back and forth, which makes the Overton window a very fucking terrible fucking compass. Because if you start thinking about what's possible and what's now like normalized, uh, that that's fine. But next year, when people stop talking about things like student loan debt forgiveness and they stop talking about the uh, Green New Deal again. That's so uh, the Overton that's window so will come back. It will go back to the right. So, so okay, how are you going to keep that in the public consciousness? And it's already to the fucking right. Who, who, who is your U.S. rep? Oh, this is the question. Okay, yeah, th- this is the point I was trying to fucking make. Is that yeah? All right. So if we're if we're looking at people in Congress uh, back in the '60s and we passed the uh, Civil Rights Act, yes, that is a progressive measure. The uh, the the entirety of our representational democracy has been predicated upon the the absolute illusion that we are represented by people that we vote for. Uh, we are not represented by people we vote for. Maybe people like you, at like us three white guys and the fourth and guy. Mike, who who's yeah, African American, except not, he revealed his who's just who's not automatically whiteness. he's yeah. not automatically a white guy. He listens but, to black radio, but he's but a, in the, fact a white guy. But it might seem that we're represented, but uh, this is why I always kind of force a classist argument because, you know, tokenism right now is being used to exploit virtually every single uh, cultural funny bone that we all have. Uh, and it's completely fucking sick. You know, like Cedric Richmond, Richmond uh, in, is a, has taken more money from, uh, you know, or seventh most amount of money from uh, fucking energy companies to pollute his own fucking districts, but he's been nominated because he's black and people are actually, there was like a New York times fucking op-ed. I I think it was op-ed. I'm pretty sure it wasn't uh, part of their like normal, normal uh, reservoir of fucking psychos, but I literally complained about the fact that people were attacking him uh, because you can't attack somebody who's black that is so fucked up. It is insane to me. The uh, the idea that fucking tokenism now runs the entire uh, cultural debate has... It, it, first of all, it's not old. It's not an old idea. It's been used for fucking ever. But it usually was used uh, like by, you know, organizations like the, the SS. You know, it was usually you, like to paint people in a particular light... Uh, now it's being used, uh, you know, in reverse. And that's what, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about when he was talking about fucking tokenism. Is that like, yeah, we're basically using fucking propaganda to 
uh, create stereotypes. And then we're going to leverage those for political power, but we're literally never going to serve the communities that we have set up those fucking tokens to, uh, you know, that we've used to fucking prop it up. But these tokens are elected officials. So, you know, let me ask you again. Some of them are. You know, do you feel represented by your U.S. representative? Absolutely not. Let me ask you, who is your U.S. representative? Gary Peters. That's your U.S. senator. Who is your U.S. representative? (laughs) Easy way out. And also, uh, Debbie Stabenow is your other U.S. senator, your senior senator. But who is your U.S. representative who represents your district? Who represents you in Oakland County over there? You can name other U.S. representatives. You can probably name AOC. I don't vote. Well, uh, whose problem is that? If you want to complain about not being Mm -hmm. representative, vote in your district that you live in. For yes. in your representative in the 14th congressional district in Oak Park, which is the same as mine, which is gerrymandered as fuck over here on the east side of Detroit. It's actually the same as John yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same as Mike's, but it's Brenda Lawrence, the former mayor yeah. of Southfield, Michigan. Now, hey, love Brenda. now yeah. Brenda, right. I, I actually do love Brenda. I think Brenda's, she's okay. Uh, yeah. But if we want to complain about not being represented, we have to actually pressure our representatives we have to make a case to them about how to represent our political beliefs not wait for aoc who represents the most liberal district uh in in uh uh queens and manhattan bronx or queens in the bronx to articulate our policy we need to have our local representative advocate that policy yeah, but and we to, work too much. We don't have time to do that. Yeah, hold on. Exactly. This, <laughs> then we have no right is, to complain. We have no right to minute. complain. That, absolutely no, incorrect. Absolutely fucking incorrect. And I, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Matt, I agree with you. Yes, you're right. If there is going to be a complaint about representation, got to fucking push those buttons. I totally get that. But but here is here is the thing that Mike just brought up, which I think is totally fucking true. Is that, uh, you know, back when we were talking about uh, Slavoj Zizek, you know, a couple of episodes ago, one of one of his best fucking uh, ideas is that I don't want to live in a in a corrupt environment. I don't have the fucking time to do it. And he's talking as an academic, which is kind of silly because he probably has plenty of time to go fucking organize. But but guys that that actually work, uh, people that work regular fucking hours, just in general, where is where is the time to politically organize? And and I think that one of the main reasons that this is a difficult question is that we really don't have massive union representation anymore here in this state. So without having a bunch of union representation, we really don't have like a political impulse that is part of our regular working lives. So where is yeah. Okay. So yes, push like push Brenda. What? What? Okay. Yeah. Push Brenda Lawrence to to fucking do anything. Uh, you have to remember that. Yeah. Okay. Great. She is. She's in. <laughs> she's a fucking representative. But what is she gonna fucking do? Like, has she indicated at all that she is going to? Uh, you know, work for the rights of uh, working people in this state. Maybe she's indicated it because, of course, she ha, ha, promised. Have you, she's have you, have you prom- asked her? I'm to. going to. I'm going to now. Yeah, if you're gonna fucking do that to me, I will go to her fucking. I will be Michael fucking Moore, <laughs> and I will go up to her goddamn front door with a megaphone, 
And then when she doesn't come out, I will complain to the camera crew that nobody wants to be honest today and that I'll move on. I guess my point is to say that we've nationalized <laughs> politics. We haven't built it from the grassroots. And I'm going to, I'm going to, it's true. Okay. It's there's, true. There's, it's there's true. It's now. true. I, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, you know me. Well, <laughs> so I think we put a lot in, and I agree. There's the, we, the presidency in this country is a very powerful position. They're the head of the party. They push an agenda. Uh, however, the grassroots matter and it starts even below us representative. It starts at your, your County level, your city level, your village township, whatever level that's where it starts. Look at who's in the news right now around politics. It's these fucking board of canvasser, uh, Republican Republicans who are answer, who are taking calls from this would be, uh, demagogue, uh, authoritarian president trying to influence people to make decisions about local politics that no one would ever care about. And if we had actually uh, real political organizations that put people of principle into positions of power at the very basic level of government, we don't have to worry about this. You know, part of the reason that they're mm. targeting Wayne County, part of the reason they're targeting Wayne County for these uh, uh, recount efforts, or the city of Detroit specifically, people, people want to make it a lot about race, but I'll tell you why Wayne County is an easy target. Wayne County is an easy target because the election system has been mismanaged in this county. Not even this current clerk, Janice Winfrey, city of Detroit clerk. The previous clerk, um, whose name I forget, was uh, was also known for running, not having election totals uh, match at the precinct level the number of ballots issued because they didn't clean up their their books. So it's an easy target for Republicans to say elections are being mismanaged in places like Detroit, because guess what? They actually are. I campaigned for a guy who ran for city clerk. <laughs> I campaigned for a guy who ran for city clerk based on this premise. And I'm talking about a black Detroit guy. And you may have heard this guy's name. His name Garland. is Garland Gilchrist. Mm -hmm. He is the... He is now the lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan because he actually right. organized a campaign that got really close. It's really hard to beat an incumbent when they control the election infrastructure. Ask Stacey Abrams about that in Georgia. <laughs> this Garland Gilchrist. That's getting fucking red pilled. I love it. Hey, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting into like, you know, I'm tired of being an armchair uh, person. I, know. I, I want to get political. I want politics is about exercising power. Me too, but you're going to have to pry my ass out of this podcast just well, to get me to do anything. Uh, uh, well, look, I think, I think we're identifying issues and, uh, and I'll get back to my point in one second, I but think I think so we're too. identifying issues that we care about. So let's push policy based on political power, mm -hmm. starting at the bottom up to the top. Which is why Joe Biden is powerful, by the way, because he has a long-standing record with local politicians across the country. It's true. It's true. He has long-standing relationships with politicians it's around hilarious. the country. I'm sorry. I just... Uh, well, uh, he's got Bank better relationships. He's got better relationships with fucking Bank of America and, and fucking pharmaceutical companies uh, or uh, private insurance companies. It's It's... 
Okay, uh, he may fine, have those fine. He does. He's got too. both relationships. Now, he, which relationship is actually going to make a difference when you are driving the wheel of this fucking country? Well, okay. which one matters? Which one matters? The one with the fucking uh, local guy in, in fucking District 117 in fucking Pennsylvania or the, the fucking guy that like sent you 750,000 fucking dollars from the, the coffer at the lobby group for, you know, fucking uh, Naviot. Okay, my turn like, to say I just something. don't understand. I just don't understand. Time out. Shut up. I don't understand. Marco Rubio says Joe Biden's Ivy League cabinet will be polite and orderly caretakers of America's decline. I caretakers saw this, is perfectly right. I saw perfectly this five hours right. ago, and I'm like, caretakers wow, are I, always I, very, yeah. very nice. Right. I completely agreed with it. I was like, wow, yeah, of course it is. That's. A, I don't know. And it's any different. The only difference between this and like a Trump thing is the fact that Trump is just more blatant about his goofiness and his honest. He's honest about his lies. And Biden is not. Gonna he's do. honest about his lies. By, that is yeah. like the most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. War is peace. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's yeah. Uh, whatever the opposite. Freedom. Antonyms yeah. are synonyms. Yeah. <laughs> Bowls of the clown is Jesus Christ. They're all the same. I mean, that's how I learned it. Anyways, I agreed. Yeah, it's just more Ivy Leaguers, and because the people are in power anyway, they don't have to be Ivy Leaguers. They could be from the West Coast or whatever. But they're all going to yeah. Be Trump, are... Trump, the Ivy Leaguer uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. He was the real outsider. I mean, it's like what the fuck? <laughs> no, Joe <laughs> Biden's the first man. Yeah, from that, that, Joe Biden's man. the first president not to graduate from an Ivy League institution since. Oh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. You, you just laid out his first. He's also the first president to not graduate at the top of his class. Oh, excuse me. Jimmy Carter went to the U.S. Naval Academy. He wasn't yeah. in the. He's got one of the longest records for a politician than any president that ever got elected. I can't think of a president that's more professionally qualified in terms of politics than Joe Biden. He's shut the fuck up. Are you? No, he has. Did you just say that? Yes, because he spent his whole life doing this shit. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. I'm just saying you've turned. You've already turned Mike. This is how great. That's right. One down. You got me. You got me, Luke. (laughs) Oh shit! Look, three out of four. Three out of four. I don't want to spend the rest of the pot. We've already been talking for well a while. I want to talk about the Dave Chappelle thing. I want to get everyone's opinions on (laughs) it. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, Uh, Dave Chappelle. For for, for the record, uh, Matt makes a good point. All right, go with uh, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. So I, I had to I, say that. I had to say that. I don't know if it's a part of his uh, new special. I think it is. I, I guess he has a new special. Is, is anyone even bother looking this up when I mentioned it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I loved. I loved the last. I wanted one. to. No time. No time. But yeah, yeah I, I love, believe I this is what it. I read. I believe it's what I read. Anyways, Dave Chappelle's bottom line: it doesn't matter if it's in a special or not. He's actively on video yeah, saying garbage. <laughs> oh well, his politics suck, man. But because oh, no. he's not a politician, so he doesn't. Well, yeah. You know. He doesn't he's, know. It's, it's on video. So I think it, he's saying, hey, please don't watch Chappelle's they show removed on it. any streaming. And Netflix removed it. Netflix they removed, removed it. it. Netflix followed through because he has a deal with them. So they want to help him. But it's still on HBO Max and uh, two other streamings that are big timing right now. So um, I'm just curious what people think of this. He's actively trying to go directly to his audience to get this. Because he says in the bit, he's like, I asked my agent, hey, how can I get paid for the Chappelle show? I never did. He's like, I don't fucking know. So he's asking his people. Oh, I never got paid for the Chappelle show. I only have uh, like. Well, he's not getting paid for it now. Seventy-five million dollars. But by your logic, Luke, uh, the agreement he signed with Comedy Central shouldn't matter. It should be about what's just. 
because well, no. we should only get paid what's just. But no, he, he didn't. <laughs> Hold on. Remember, the contract was void, Luke. So you're wait, rechanging his promissory notes don't matter. The $50 wait, million dollars was not a so, deal. There are too many things going on here. Yeah, well, you've said a lot. All right. It's time for other people to talk. Look, $50 million is gone. That contract is gone. So there was, he didn't get paid. He's not getting paid now, like you would say. What what did he get paid to do Chappelle show? And did I don't know he what he got paid, paid what he was promised. I don't know what he got paid before the $50 million contract that he walked away from in 2000. I think it was something like $10 million or something was his regular contract. Uh, and then it was a bump up to 50 million for like two or three years or something. And then he just, he was like, I'm being treated like I'm part of a minstrel show. And then he took off. Right. Yeah. He so, went to Africa and then I, he know, went whatever. to the farm I, in I, Ohio. I completely understand it, but it's, but it is funny because he is also, uh, he also did that like awesome fucking stand up on SNL when he was talking about all the people driving their fucking rusted out fucking trucks to go vote for Trump. And they were super excited and they were like, oh, he's good. You know, this guy's for me. And he was like, you stupid motherfuckers. He is working for me. And he's 100 percent right. Do you remember the so scene? There is an inherent contradiction in every sense of like morality he has. He doesn't actually possess any of it. Okay, well, that's fine. I love Go him, ahead. but I think he doesn't. He, I don't think he's the righteous guy that he thinks he says he is. Oh, that's interesting. He's on, by the way, he's owned by Chappelle shows owned by Viacom CBS, which is Comedy Central. CBS. You started by saying he's owned by. Well, the Chappelle show is owned by. You're right. Well, I corrected that. Uh, anyways, and it's also, it was just recently licensed by HBO. This is bad timing for HBO Max because they just recently paid a bunch of money to have it licensed to them on HBO Max. So we'll see how that goes. I have watched a few of the old episodes recently, by the way, and laughed my ass good. off at Still them. Still pretty fucking oh good. Oh, my God. Of course it is. Still pretty classic. fucking good. It's like, Wait, hold also, on. Are we talking about Chappelle's show? Or are we talking yes, about Chappelle's show? Yeah. Chappelle show. Special. Chappelle show. The, the original run on, on Comedy oh, Central. Fuck. I thought yeah. we were talking about a new Chappelle special. I was going well, like, well, he's using well, we the are. new special to as a platform to say, hey, I've got a new special coming out. I'm not gotcha. getting paid for the old show. Don't watch the old show because I'm not getting paid. Gotcha. Yeah. And right. if we had a drop system like we've been talking about, then we could play <laughs> like it right now. So we could play a, a, that clip where he's like, all that crazy dancing making my penis soft. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, I I don't know. Scott, what do you think of this? <laughs> hey guys. Yeah, sorry, oh. oh man. <laughs> oh, it's the other one that he's like, he's like, uh, I heard about uh uh trimming down there, but you done scorched the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, I think uh, Matt and I have been uh, – Matt, Matt shared something with me uh, about Garth Brooks earlier, and it's an, interesting, it's an interesting parallel. I actually launched uh, my own personal investigation into, like, Garth Brooks' <laughs> appeal, like, last year. It didn't go too far, but what is interesting is that – I mean, someone like Dave Chappelle – we're talking about one percenter entertainers that can have control over licensure 
and how you know how their art gets to the people and so good for Chappelle. i mean i think it's you know i mean do whatever you want man like take control <laughs> yeah. take control over your content just like garth brooks was like i'm only gonna sell my cds in walmart and still <laughs> and and his understanding of how like the billboard charts worked he had he, he's kind of a genius i mean i will like literally mm -hmm. go to bat for garth brooks intelligence about how the system works and i think dave Chappelle maybe is on that same trajectory where he's like i don't need your 50 because the contract doesn't look right and don't don't uh watch you know don't don't stream Chappelle's show because the agreement that i have with those streaming services isn't you know uh in line with what i actually want it's it's a you know it's everything like to go not to reopen the conversation about uh like progressive politics and stuff like that but the reason things don't happen in politics is because it's like this really slow moving train of quid pro quo whereas an artist an individual creator can actually take that power for themselves if they're in a privileged position of being a multi multi billionaire or millionaire and saying this is how i want my content to work mm -hmm. this is who i want to see it this is who i don't want to stream it these are the nature you know i mean not to bring up a very polarizing figure but kanye west recently like, <laughs> released God, all of his all of the details of all of his but kanye i mean but he really you know like if you look over some of the details of uh, like the, all of those well, contracts those record yeah. contracts he released it's it's interesting you're seeing we're living in a world where you're seeing Again, it's just one percenter shit, honestly. I it's love gonna go Dave away. Chappelle. This is gonna go away. I want to tie this in, Chris. I have to tie this in real quick, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But Garth Brooks is Garth Brooks is uh what's it? Uh low places, friends in low places, yeah. that song. Uh Fr that yeah. was hey, I got friends in low places. Yeah, that was played on repeat. <laughs> he runs in the, the uh, you know how when uh, stations change formats, they like, like the same song over and over again. <laughs> they played that song over and over again at ninety six point three when they changed formats right mm -hmm. before the planet. I remember oh, that God. so clearly. So I'm just bringing it all oh. together. Oh God! Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you realized. can you can catch Garth Brooks on 89X now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah, but oh my God, uh, that's what they're doing to 105.1. That that they're doing the same thing to 89X. That's exactly what's happening. You 105, know, 105.1 just turned into like what the the hip, the, the hip hop or something. The, the oh the, the bounce. bounce. The oh, okay, it's yeah, like the old bounce. school. It's like it's good shit. Yeah, like yeah, it should be called the Bounce Castle. No, it's you say it's old school good shit. That's fine, but there's eight songs that they play all day long. Yeah, they um, and yeah. they're yeah. all and every single one of them, every yeah. single one of them is fucking censored. So well, uh exactly what you were talking about earlier, too, Matt. Like when it comes to the radio, like what is the future of fucking radio if that's gonna be the fucking future and it's controlled by the FCC and literally no good songs can get in? That's one thing. Now I, I think the 89X is going to be the country version of that shit. It's gonna be just be nothing but fucking Garth Brooks. Actually, Garth Brooks has so many fucking songs. 
that station doesn't need to have anything else. And Garth Brooks probably has his own XM station that people pay, subscribe for now. <laughs> yes. you know? I yeah. mean, that's what Howard also, Stern is. Howard Stern is driving people to XM or whatever, I, serious yeah. radio. Yes. I also don't even hate Garth Brooks. I, I, I don't hate Garth you, Brooks at all. I respect him. the San Diego Padres, man. He almost yeah. made the team spring training. Yeah. It was amazing. Are you I mean, serious? <laughs> yeah, look it up. Yeah, this the is Chris, like 20 years ago. But The Chris Gaines thing a, is interesting. He received a... He Garth Brooks received a partial scholarship to OSU for javelin throwing. Oklahoma yeah, State University. Yeah, Who Oklahoma. Was, State, uh, yeah. Who's a pitcher? Yeah, right? That's T Boone Pickens territory. You want to talk about scumbags? Mm-hmm. Let's settle in. Let's, go. let's <laughs> do that. Uh, he, By the way, uh, he is a proud Tulsa Garth Brooks. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, one other thing. Okay, so who cares? I guess the bottom line there was it's not even that big a deal. A rich guy's complaining. Okay. Well, great. no, but but Chappelle, oh, Chappelle no, 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 have no. control. No. Yes. Exactly. What did you say, Matt? He should have control. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, we don't. Well, ideally, care about yeah. What the ideally, every artist would, and every artist would have the leverage to do it. It's just you have to be some. You have to be like bona fide superstar to have that level of control and that level of freedom to. Decide uh, let me tell you how it goes with your constant. I, I saw. Wait, Scott. Did I go with you or did I go with Mondre? I can't remember to see Chappelle. Yeah, at uh, the state. <laughs> yeah, with Aaron. Or more, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we mm-hmm. went and we fucking put our cell phones in a bag because mm-hmm. Dave I Chappelle. Were, I went too. What year was this? Because I, I definitely went to 15-ish? a Chappelle, Chappelle stand up show. Uh, it was, it was yeah, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I think it was sixteen. 16. Yeah, I, maybe I seventeen. Maybe it's seventeen. Fucking crazy! I went to one of those. And it, and it was crazy because yeah, I, yeah, I think he had Trump, I think he had Trump material. So it, it was the one after it, he yeah, yeah, had, well, he got fucked up because Danny Brown got him too high or whatever. Yes, and, yeah, and then out. he came We saw him the first show after that when he came back to Detroit. The oh one that they filmed the special. God. Oh my about, god. By the way, guys, that by the way, funniest fucking things I've ever heard. Uh, this is uh the nightly news exclusive on NBC tonight. Uh, Biden confirms he's considering nominating Republicans to his cabinet because he said, we already have a significant representation of progressives in our administration. Yep. That's it. So just throwing that out that's there. It. But, uh, uh, Luke goes off camera and blows his brains out. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, guys, Scotland is the first country in the world to make sanitary products free, which is very I nice. I saw that. Scotland. I think that's, I think that's great. I, I think guess. that's really cool. Also, wait yeah. a minute. Oregon wasn't uh Oregon the the didn't they decriminalization just decriminalization of drugs all drugs? Yeah, I think we talked about it on the post election uh, episode. Uh, yeah, and then they and then Florida what uh passed uh minimum wage. They raised yeah, it. Uh, no, what given given the given the It'd be funny current, if they pass a law to decrease it. <laughs> say, given, given the current yeah, they they will, by the way. They, they're gonna find a way to like that is going to be de facto fucking uh reduced in some way. But uh given the current set of appointments, boy, uh now that the line is drawn. We've got all of the great progressives that we could possibly want. Basically, a bunch of fucking uh, uh, Obama era ghouls. Uh, they've already fucking just defrauding this fucking country uh, year after fucking year for like fucking three fucking decades. Now that we have got all the progressives, that's them. We draw a line in the sand and now we can bring in Republicans. This is a fucking 
nightmare. And the only reason I think it's a nightmare and you people don't or people like Matt don't is that <laughs> is that is that Matt thinks uh, he Matt thinks that uh, politics is something that is controllable in some way. I think um, politics is like Aristotle thinks. I know you the think highest pursuit. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. Okay, all right, all right, all right. It's but see, right. I'm Maybe thinking. I'm thinking but I'm hold on. But I'm thinking about Aristotle in terms of fucking uh, virtue and eudaimonia. Like every person deserves to live a life that is uh, fully filled, like fulfilled by in part by like the assistance of the state. And that is what the state should do. It should protect you from fucking violence. It should provide you with fucking uh, care when you need. And then it should allow you to, uh, you know, live a, a, a life that is that hopefully ends in, you know, contemplation and uh peace okay well i think we agree i think we agree there we agree on that i know i know we agree on the aristotelian uh, yeah i understand that point and i'm with you luke but i understand what what the fuck is going on uh biden is saying uh all we need now are republicans uh, he's saying uh, it's not going to be a third. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's not going to be a third Obama fantastic. term. Don't worry. Let's, it won't be Obama oh, part three. Yeah, but. exactly. It's going to be fucking worse. Actually, I thought it was going to be fucking bad because it was going to be like Obama. It's going to be worse. Right. I never thought otherwise. I'm with you. I never thought otherwise. But I. It's going to, talk to be about- much worse. Right. Let's get it on the record. We're recording this, so it's on the record. But this is something we brought up last week, and it's kind of dated. But I know the news cycle right. flies by really fast. But the Kelly Stafford comments about Michigan shutting <laughs> oh, down. Remember? So I wanted to bring this up because this Let is entitled. Yeah. All right. No, hold I, on. I'm going to I'm going to mute is, uh, because you guys are going to talk fucking college football. And th- this is college football. No, this is not about football. Uh, this is about entitlement 101. This is about social media. And Kelly Stafford has a voice because her husband is a professional football player. And then she got all these followers. Otherwise, Kelly Stafford wouldn't really be someone who would get all this attention. And I almost hate the fact that we're talking about it. But it was kind of relevant. And I think Matt had something. There was somebody who wanted to make a point about it. And I do think Kelly Stafford completely, completely lost her shit when she made these the dictatorship a rich fucking woman talking about a dictatorship Come in this on. dictatorship we call michigan uh, <laughs> yes yes exactly what the fuck well nothing mean? like a, a multi-millionaire telling me about a dictatorship when yes. I, I guarantee you her life hasn't changed an iota one damn she bit do, she can do whatever the hell she wants at any yeah. time she wants she doesn't need to wear a mask. You know? Yeah. It's just bullshit. And her husband yeah. sucks at fucking football. <laughs> Matt Stafford sucks. She, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants, including helping her friend's business out by just stroking her a check for 400K and being like, hey, Melissa, I really support you. Here's 400 G, which represents one five hundredth of our wealth from, yeah, your from your husband (laughs) perennially underperforming in football things. Yeah. And then, yeah, you going online like your life is any different. It's so bogus. So fucking bogus. 
it, you know, it, it especially pisses me off because, you know, I know people who fucking died from COVID, you know, new people who died from COVID because they're fucking dead past tense. And it's not that much to ask that people just chill out. You don't have to do everything you did. This is not this is not uh, World War Two. This is not asking me to <laughs> not wear nylons and to save on scrap metal and to recycle. You know what I mean? And to grow a victory that butter. Garden. This is basically saying <laughs> instead of going over to my family on Thanksgiving, which I don't even really want to do. Right. I just got a I just got a FaceTime them instead. <laughs> right. Oh, big to, deal. Yeah. And I don't have to commute as much. No, <laughs> I'm saying I, I recognize I'm saying this from a point of privilege. I can do my job remotely. And I and the people and I, I think her point that I do respect is that there are a lot of people who don't have a choice. Yeah. And, and and their livelihood is at risk because of uh really because of whether it's the you could blame the disease or you could blame government intervention, which re- prohibits them from doing their business. And it's not necessarily clean and logical as to who's affected and who is it. I'm one of those people. I'm out there. I had I had to work. I had no I hadn't had a salary in over two months. I needed to work. So, so what what we need is not uh, to open up the economy so that people die as a yeah. result. We need stimulus from the government. We need government oh, to God. support people. Oh, God. Wait, hold on. What? It's what, so what true, the, dude. I, I don't God. even want to talk about this. This is going to make me sad. What's because, the old God? It's absolutely Because it's so correct. true. Because he's 100%. so correct. Because I don't even want to talk about it because we better, we just, right, it's gone. We've all sat here for months and months and months and months and months. And people have been starving and they haven't had money and it, life just goes on. And Biden makes comments on NBC no, no, no. Nightly News and it sucks. We're, and working Congress people, doesn't do shit. Working people, do shit. working people have not sat there. Working people have been busting their fucking ass like you. They try. And, and yeah, but the people that oh, man, don't do anything. It just makes me so sorry. It's, this I know. is the number one reason that I want I to move to Canada. This failure to stimulate people is the number actually, This is it. Yeah. It's over. You were talking about, hey, uh, I don't want. You said so, you were talking 45 minutes ago when, in one of your rants about the. 45 uh, minutes ago during one about, of the 45 minute rants. No, no. You said something about the <laughs> democracy. Sorry, or like guys. this thing's over. Like, I don't want. Otherwise, we're living in a post post like hellhole. You said something along those lines, mm. and and I'm like, yeah, it's over. Oh, this no, thing's no. done. This thing is I... done. And yeah. Matt has faith in politics. You know, he has faith in, and I respect that. I do, and I I can understand it. But it's over. This we're living. We've allowed things to fester. It's done. This thing is over. This country is done. Finito. Unless there's an absolute massive radical change, and I don't even I don't even want to talk about it. It just makes me so upset. Well, I'm sorry the stimulus came up because it's a really. Well, I think I think really the real issue. Uh, I think the real the real insight, uh, is especially the one that Matt brings up, is that, yeah, okay, you can you can talk about you can talk about politics all you want in terms of uh, critiquing your politicians, but unless there's like a kind of direct connection between your motives and your efforts and the politician that is like receiving those efforts, like there is no, like you're, you are essentially abstracting politics. Uh, 
which which is a way like when you when you talk about like political science or something like that when you when you actually go through the educational process you are kind of disconnected from that like direct action you don't really have a lot of time to do that or you don't really know how to do it or like where to do it so that that part of it is is totally fucking true Definitely need to like push on those goddamn pressure points, but is does it seem like that is even a possibility? I think that's kind of the downside of maybe the leftist coin is that there there is a side that says this is what should be, then there's the other side which is not actually protecting your six, you know, protecting your back and understanding. What do I need to do to actually make sure that what should be is possible? The stimulus has become a punchline. That's what makes me sad. It is. It, it's just it's like infrastructure really week at this point, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's always next week. That's a good point. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's fuck. And by oh. the way, uh, there's one other thing I want to cover. We got to wrap this show up. We've been talking for a while. Um, it's the, by the way, if you didn't know, we hadn't talked about it in a while. This is the Is It Safe podcast. Of course. <laughs> Is it safe pod at protonmail.com? You can email the show. We haven't had an email yet. Would you like to pop our cherry? Is we, that we'd PG? love to get some hate mail. Yeah, we would love some hate mail. Please, come on. I would love hate mail. Uh, hate hate mail is what we're basically doing to each other. <laughs> but uh, this is the other thing that happened over the weekend. Good old Kyle Rittenhouse got his bail. Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. And I can't we didn't start from Mr. Pillow. That. Yeah, Mr. My Pillow guy and uh, and, and Ricky Dickie Schroeder, Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons, also from uh, NYPD Blue later in life. But look, no one remembers told- that he's from Silver Spoons. Oh, I remember that. I was like, oh, look at Ricky Schroeder. I remember my mom going like, oh, that Ricky, he really grew up. Your told- your mom thought, oh, that Dennis Franz, he's so fucking hot. Yeah, that's a, that's oh, a hot dude it? right there, Dennis Franz. <laughs> Oh, Sifowitz's tits. Yeah, that's like a, we always talk about Sifowitz's tits. Uh, that was like a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, ass. We talked Sipowitz's about Sifowitz's ass too for a long yeah, we time. We said Sifowitz's ass. You're right. Uh, I told Scott, though, that I <laughs> I would defend Ricky Schroeder in the sense that I think I understand. This is like a psychological thing for him because he was a child actor and this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old. I mean, he did something awful. He's only 17 years old. Um, and I think he's related to that somewhat. And that's just the Dear only God, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't want Kyle Rittenhouse to become a major player on the militia on the militia stage. I don't know like, a lot about what Ricky Schroeder like, I used to be just I used to be just like little yeah. Mr. Rittenhouse. Right, yes. Little, exactly. little Ritten Mouse. Little mouse boy. He used to have a he was very scared and living in the suburbs and wanted to Make sure that he was a cop, and then he murdered two people in fucking yeah. cold blood. Mm-hmm. Don't get it. We we cannot fucking forget this little fuck was like seventeen fucking years old. Went into a fucking riot situation. We know the story. I don't want to retell the story, man. Come on. I I think we need to because I don't think a lot of people remember what the fuck Kyle Rittenhouse actually fucking did. You do? Okay. You do? Fine. But they don't know the name. If they know the name, they know exactly what he did. It's not a podcast. 
Dude, that's not the point. I, I I appreciate the explanation though, because it 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 most people don't know, and he's becoming a firebrand for a movement. So exactly, let's, it, it, I think a lot of people seven, seven, days, set, seven days go by, and then people just let all that shit pass, and then now you can be whatever the fuck you want. The story is a two billion a two million dollar bail. What do you think you would have a two million dollar bail for? Taking a shit in an alley, pissing out a wall in public. I mean, exactly. Come on, that's that's but, funny. But I that's guess. funny because. The, the story is uh, $2 million bail posted for fucking Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, and it doesn't usually end with who murdered two fucking people whose families right. don't have fucking people. And, and, and who could not lawfully carry a gun. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. That's across yeah. state lines, too. Most people That's had guns. There was a lot of people had guns there. I'm not... The, the, people, the people he murdered... Well, and I'm not going to call that's him allegedly. The people, that's allegedly. The, the people he allegedly murdered, allegedly, and, you have to, and allegedly who I would say, who I yeah. perceived that he shot them, uh, really because he was in over his head. I don't even think it was malicious in the sense that I think exactly. he got fucking freaked out. But I don't care. Possibly, uh, yeah. Possibly. I, I'll say this: I, I'm of the John Paul Stevens camp. Abolish the Second Amendment. I think fucking guns of are course. a huge Absolutely. problem in this country. But I'm also of the Johnny Cash camp, which is <laughs> don't don't bring your gun don't bring your guns to town. Okay, you know that song. You remember that song? Don't bring yes. your guns to town. Uh, fuck yes. Now in the song, the guy who brings his gun to town gets his ass fucking killed by another guy with a gun. Well, that didn't happen in this case. But in uh, in this case, Kyle Rittenhouse was in over his head with a gun that he brought to town that he should have never been in, and he should have never had a gun there. And he fucking killed two people with a two gun, people. which two which people he was died. Not two people died. One of whom was like recently released from a mental institution. Oh my god! Who didn't know what what you know you know whatever? I don't I don't know what was in these people's hearts and minds, but I, no, I'll tell you. Oh man. 17-year-old kid. He is also doesn't know what he's doing. He's 17. It's a terrible mistake, and he deserves to pay for it, but he's also a fucking kid. He fucked up big time. I have uh, yeah, a mental yeah. health angle. I hear you. I, I hear you. And, I, and, I, and I'm not justifying what we've done to other kids who were under the age of 17. Um, there's a case here in Michigan that you guys may remember, Nathaniel Abraham. Do you remember this guy? Nathaniel yes. Abraham? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nathaniel Abraham. Him went on to actually do some bad shit throughout his life. But how can you blame a kid who was put in prison for murder for a life uh, at the age of like 14 or younger, maybe even younger, maybe even like 12. Yeah. I'm just against that. I don't put, I don't care what anybody did a minor. I, I do not go to jail for life ever. In my opinion, I'm that's just, I just a bottom line thing for me. I'm sorry. So. Yeah, I agree. But like, I think we need to not, turn these people into martyrs and into oh. heroes by bailing them out. Let's yes. let's put them under state supervision and state control. I don't care. You know, this guy is a kid. This is a kid who thinks he can just show up anywhere with a gun, a semi-automatic rifle to put. He thinks he can patrol. You know, this is the ultimate irony of the defund the police movement is we've outsourced policing to fucking nutcases with guns because we say we can't trust the police. Well, guess what? I'm a, I'm a, uh, um, who's the Leviathan guy? I'm a Hobbesian in this sense. Oh, yeah. Good old Hobbes. <laughs> I want to give the state. 
I want to give the state control of 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 this shit. I don't want it in the hands of the mob. I don't want the mob patrolling my streets with guns because guess what they are where I live. There's people yeah. out here with guns shooting them off every day. And I don't like that shit. I like the cops. I like people who actually have yeah. some accountability to the law. Well, you like the cops better. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> I, I, I would like to. Like, and you like the <laughs> random people just going to town out on the uh, street corner. Dude, we had three shootings on the block uh, two blocks away from me Look, when we man, lived in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, we had three shootings on Look, our fucking block. Yeah, I've heard that you had some wild shit go on there. But Kyle Rittenhouse, it's not about okay. him. It's just it's about Ricky Schroeder is yeah, projected we, we, his his life on him. This is what's happening here. I'm not defending Schroeder even. It's he's de- he's projecting his. I would love I would love somebody going him. to the map for Schroeder. Like uh, like dude, you have no idea what Schroeder's up to, and then somebody really makes an argument for fucking. Richie, Ricky Schroeder. Well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna make a prediction for the ages right now, and that's Kyle Rittenhouse. This isn't the last we're gonna hear of him. And the Dear next God. thing we're don't, gonna hear don't, about don't, him, don't tell me, don't tell me. The next thing we're gonna hear about him uh, is not gonna be good. Speaker of the House. I don't know what it is, but it's gonna be bad news. Whatever he's we hear, going, about he's him. going to be running for fucking Congress. Speaker no question. Where does he no even live? Question. He lives in Illinois, right? Like, yeah. uh, not even in yeah, the yeah, state yeah, he yeah, was in. Know, Definitely know, Illinois. Yeah. But I, not, Richard just projected his own upbringing on this kid. That's how it is. And if he had the money to do it, he pitched in. I don't even give a fuck about the My Pillow guy. That guy's a scumbag, so fuck him. But I just see yeah, it. Well, see you go to the mat for Rick. <laughs> I see a connection. I see a connection. A guy who grew up and he felt like he was exploited as a child, and he sees this kid as a young kid who made a terrible mistake. I could yeah. see it. It's as clear as yes. day. Mental yes. health diagnosis. This guy's projecting Absolutely. his own experience on him, and Absolutely I'm not saying it's right, right or wrong. It's just something I wanted to. Identify. It's just it's a it's a very weird it's a very weird thing to put your money behind. This guy has been sitting on uh, at well, least. Well, I feel like the my pillow guy put up a greater dollars. percentage of this because he has way more money than Schroeder. I would assume. But. Yeah, but it was a two million dollar bail, and if uh, two guys are like, "Hey, let's split the bail, man. We got to get this guy out." Um, it's basically it's basically a restaurant uh, tab. It's like, do we do we go fifty fifty? Oh, you, you got the like you got the cheddar cheese fries. Uh, so do we want to do like a seventy thirty? And it's like yeah. it's too confusing, dude. Just split it fifty fifty. Like, no, I think I'm getting the Sh- Pappy Van Winkle, and he's getting the cheddar cheese fries. Shr- I think Schrader put in one hundred and fifty k, which makes it even more reprehensible. <laughs> it's like putting really? it's like putting in. It, what yeah, a loser. It's just like. Let's let's get this let's get this demon out of jail. You pay everything and I'll pay ten bucks, but I'll be on the marquee. It's like, dude, you mm. scumbag, you didn't even put a you put you you posted six percent of his bail. That ain't silver spoon money. That's that's some working class money. Yeah, right dude. That's, that's, he wasn't yeah, more with a silver spoon. That's straight to, no, that's straight that's to video that. money. That's ten dollars yeah. straight to video Copper money. Spoon. That's what that is. Yeah, (laughs) copper spoon. Is is there even a comparable case of this? Like, I'm trying to think of like what this is comparable to. Well, Mm. I'm not sure about that, but I do know, Matt, that your point about how this guy, how people need mental health uh, supervision from the state and stuff. He's in. This is clearly the wrong environment. He doesn't need to be hanging out with. I don't know if he's even hanging out with them, or if they just bailed him out and he's at home right now. Or we have no idea where Kyle Rittenhouse 
isn't the they probably do if we googled it but he needs to be in the care of people who can help him through this professionals like you said and that's well, what this is just gonna be a wasted opportunity and this kid's gonna go down the the pole of the right wing for the rest of his life just like you said unless something I think he, incredible changes it i think he just needs to be marching down mac avenue with a with a ar-15 keeping the peace you know yeah that's what he wants to do yeah because he's an idiot he doesn't know shit about anything fucking kid god damn it what a dumbass yeah no i think i think uh there's just as like maybe a closing closing remark you know from my, oh. my side because uh yeah we we definitely probably have to wrap this up but you know in in the conversation we were having earlier about you know differences mm-hmm. being progressive leftist etc so you can just you can apply the same type of rubric to you know people on the right which is like basically if if you have an ideology and you have a set of convictions uh you can you know you're basically interpreting information super fucking quick uh it's it's correct or incorrect or yes or no or good or bad and it's not good or bad that this process is happening but if you actually have a fucking ideology and who the fuck knows what this kid has but it seems like everything is going to be filtered through that fucking set of uh, parameters for him. And he is going to become the next fucking Tom Cotton. I swear to God, I feel like this little Rittenhouse fuck is going to end up being one of the most prominent fucking He's either going to kill his sister and fucking kill himself at some point before he gets into politics, or he's going to be in the house. Jesus. Okay. I well, don't know where this guy goes. Where does right? Guy well, like you that, just laid out a possibility. Where does, go? where does that guy go? Does he have the humility to be like a sheriff? Look, is he I, able? Uh... Is he able to like constrain himself enough to be a fucking sheriff? Don't think so. He's only 17. Jesus. Who knows? We have no idea. Uh, Dude, people's, people's minds don't really start alter or, or well, stop changing. Oh, at 25. Okay, Roy, Roy Moore. I mean, don't underestimate the ability of Americans to put into office people who are insane. Roy Moore was like they were. this close to being U.S. There's, senator. I, and now instead instead of Roy Moore, the guy who who was credible enough of a candidate was the former uh football coach from, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, t- yeah, Tuberville. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, of course. The crazy people get in office all the time. Donald Trump was the president. And Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America. So Boy, I'm not yeah. I no argument there, man. Here yeah, we are. <laughs> Look, uh, Scott's uh, computer died, so we're going to get the hell out of here. This is the end of the Is It Safe podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening. You made it this far. and Very impressive. We we covered a lot of ground today, and we thank you for joining us. Feel free to send us an email, isitsafepod, (laughs) protonmail.com. And you can follow our Twitter handle. We don't have any other social media, I believe. I think we just have Twitter, and that's just because we're leaving. Yeah, for now, that's, that's all we're doing. Yeah, that's fine. Who cares? Um, That's it. Is it it at, at Is It Safe? At is it safe pod? Okay, is it safe was taken. So, uh, otherwise, we would have to been is it safe with a exclamation point underneath? Stop, stop making shit up. Just no, that's it? really what happened. I was there. That's what they told me to do. I put the pod so it would be is it safe pod? 
Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> is it over? <laughs> it's over. Okay. It's over. Is it yeah. safe? Is it safe? Is it end? Hey!